Secrets from a coach. Thrive and maximize your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Deb. Law, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Always looking on the bright side of life. You know what we have to look at, Law, when things are challenging and testing and pushing us? Smile and wave. Smile and wave. Smile Smile and wave. wave. (laughs) Now, Deb's got a question for you. Oh, go on then. Is it me? Is it a sign of getting old? when you think, my God, there's a lot of stuff going on. And there seems to be not a week that goes by when there's not some kind of setback or obstacle or someone's had this thing happen to them. Is that a sign of getting old, Debs, that actually keeping yourself chipper and firing yourself up? And we'll talk a bit in a moment about what it means, but keeping yourself optimism seems to be the older I've got, the tougher it is to keep that going. Is that a sign of age? Is it just me? Well, first of all, you're not alone, Law, and I don't believe it's a sign of age. I think it can um, happen to anyone, any age, depending. And if we think back to um, a workshop we were doing where we were sort of measuring people's levels of optimism as part of a program we were running, and we were working with particularly the late 20s, early 30s group, uh, we were really amazed that their optimism levels were really quite low. For somebody at the beginning of their career, just starting out, having you know good good salary, good job, um, but the optimism was really low. And when we que- questioned them about it, it was like they couldn't see a future, oh, um, no. and it was hard. And the world around them was hard, and the world is all going to crap. And how do we stop global warming? And it was just a barrage of stuff that they how were really these- worried about. How old were these people, Debs? So probably average 28, 29-year-olds. So that's your Gen Z, is that what it's called? Our Gen Z population. Yeah, so it was fascinating because I didn't expect that because of where they were in their careers. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have expected that someone would still be shiny, happy. Shiny and you. (laughs) Anything (laughs) is possible. Maybe that's my optimism. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if it's not an age thing, then it's a mindset thing. Yeah, okay. I'm a big believer. It's all about, yeah, your mind, how you see things, how you view the world. Do you view it from an optimistic lens, pessimistic lens, what's gone for you? So I definitely think it's to do with mindset. So we thought it might be a useful focus for this month to a four part focus on you and your mind um, with the goal to have a look at how do we keep ourselves confident? And um, that's that self-belief. So confidence and self-belief is the kind of the, the underlying focus towards this. So we thought it might be quite good to just for the first bit, thinking of for the first one, refocusing towards an optimistic mindset. So as always, let's do a little bit of kind of definition, first of all. So mm. what is optimism? What does it mean to have an optimistic mindset? And uh, why do humans have this optimism? So what's the purpose of it? So optimism, I think the the one that I really enjoyed looking at is that it's actually, I suppose, a mental attitude, as we said, characterized by that hope and confidence in success and a positive future. Um, And on the whole, optimists generally 
uh, tend to view any hardships or challenges as learning opportunities. Um, and they're only temporary setbacks. It's not going to last forever. Um, and that tomorrow will probably be better. So it is all about that, that, I suppose the approach or mental state, your, the way you look at the world can have a massive impact on that as well and create that optimistic outlook rather than doom and gloom and pessimistic. Do you know, I can see it now. You, uh, as you were saying, doom and gloom, that's Eeyore, isn't it? So yes, it's the Eeyore it mindset. Um, <laughs> I can see it now, this sort of doom and gloom. Ooh, and, yeah. And it's sort of, you know, we've we've all of us got that potential to either go one way or the other when you look mm. at, you know, a setback or a challenge. Um, you mentioned about the, uh, the kind of animal kingdom, and I think it's always really fascinating to look at, well, actually, why do us humans have this ability to be optimistic or pessimistic, that ability to perceive a scenario, whereas everyone else on the planet is just kind of executing. There might be some um, instinct behind it, but not a three-page plan that says, how can we put a continuous improvement program in place, (laughs) which is optimism on a page almost, isn't it? You know, we need to make things better. So what is it about humans that have this? And of course, with that, then you have a look at the evolutionary benefits of it. No one would bother building cities, investing in um, fuel pipelines, bothering to go up to the moon if there wasn't some kind of drive that says we can do things today that make something better for tomorrow. So I, th- I think um, there's there's something though that's called the optimism bias. Is that what yes. it is? So yes. optimism bias. So what's, what's all that about? Where could it potentially run us into some risks? This ability to be optimistic, where might there be some downsides? Yeah, I think some of the downsides of that, if we have that, is that excessive optimism can lead to people maybe overestimating the likelihood that they can experience good things while avoiding the bad things. Um, and it suggests that sometimes that optimism bias means that people underestimate the risk of experiencing negative outcomes. So it can engage sometimes in maybe risky behaviours that actually then increase their chances of having a bad, a bad outcome. So it's a bit like, mm, am I super just looking for all the rainbows in the world and not really looking at what's in front of me? And um, and what that impact that has normally when people are doing that, everything's through rose-tinted glasses. So they're potentially not seeing what's really in front of them, which maybe if they did, they'd be able to explore that to understand it, to then give themselves the opportunity to work out the better side of it rather than just always focusing on the you know the stars and the rainbows because life isn't like that the um in terms of how we can bring about an optimistic mindset i was doing some research on this looking at how much of this is nature versus nurture so are people born with an optimistic mindset or do you develop it in kind of how you're raised and some of those early experiences and particularly in the world of work how our early employment experiences kind of shape our perception on, for example, setback. Um, and interesting, Debs, twin studies, apparently. So the, 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 the um, you know, often twin studies are used to work out, are we born with it? Or we kind of, you know, is it nurture? And apparently 30 to 40% of whether someone is going to be, have an optimistic mindset is down to their genes. But oh, the wow. 60 to 70% is nurture. So actually, even if you don't consider yourself a particularly optimistic person in with your uh, in terms of how how you were raised then actually at any point we have a choice to 
bring a bit more intention to it. And I know you're really hot on that about whether it's an individual thinking about their employment options, if they've just been made redundant, whether that is a team looking at a seemingly impossible task that they've got to do with limited resources or lots of vacancies. If we look at that challenge, do we see a space or a hole in front Mm. of us? Yeah, that's Um, true. what, 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 What might that mean? And even if you might not historically have looked at seeing it as a cup half full um then uh, actually we can we can we can bring that cup half empty you know the other way around we can bring that perception through choice by um, applying that optimistic mindset even if we have to plan for it a little bit mm, i think we always have a choice um you know that's the one thing that you really can't take away from us is our freedom of choice um so therefore having that ability to go, okay, it might be crap at the moment and things might feel hard and it feels like you're pushing, you know, blooming stones and rocks up uphill. But actually it's that ability to just think, okay, so what's my intent? As you said, I can carry on on autopilot and keep going around and around and around and having that same negative narrative happen. Or I can just choose to see it differently. What's the opportunity this has given me? What is, what is the lesson that I'm taking? And I'm a huge believer in finding that opportunity. There will be one. You just sometimes have to dig a bit deeper. You have to be kind, I think, to yourself. And you have to just recognize the things that you can do rather than the things that you can't do. So, you know, having that belief, I think. We talked about this on a workshop today, actually. We were running about how do we um, inspire our team to believe that, you know, to make the possible you know, the impossible possible and a couple of them came out about you have to believe in where you're heading you have to have a um a bit of energy around what the future can look like or could look like um and that you can succeed in 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 the face of life's challenges because we can if if we want to so for me it's always that choice that says do you want to make the change Okay, yes, it's hard, and we've all been through you know crazy worlds and crazy lives, right, Law? But if we if we just stay stuck because oh woe is me comes into play, we wouldn't be doing what we were doing today, right? We'd be stuck in our ways, a bit like Panda, as you would always say. Um, but actually, for having that optimistic mindset, one gives you the confidence to know that you can because you've got the skills, but it also means that it's an opportunity to learn. And if you're saying to yourself that affirmation, actually. I know the outcome will, will be all right in the end. You know, it's that I, I can do this because I've done it before and I'm still here. I've learned from it. So therefore, how do I, I suppose, show some gratitude for my life as well? Sometimes it's really hard and you just think, you know what, what am I grateful for today? And I would say the fact, sometimes it's the fact you just got out of bed, you know, and you're still breathing. Sometimes that's what we just have to start to build upon to be able to then, create a space where we're looking to make the most of what life is chucking our way because we can if we want to. Let's have a look a bit of a deeper dive Mm. on um, some things that can help maintain an optimistic mindset if you're surrounded by a lot of Eeyores at the moment. So let's have a deeper dive looking at actually how can we protect and preserve our own optimism if that's not the same level of service we're getting from those with whom we're working alongside for example. I think first of all, well, as you always say, notice, choose and act. So notice what's going on. And I guess it's reminding ourselves that if this conversation is declining and taking downward quite depressing spiral, 
what might in a parallel universe the opposite be? So if it all just looks like, what's the point in doing anything? Because all we're doing is surrounded by these tasks we haven't done. Then could you be that one person in that meeting that says, should we just flip it for a moment? What are some of the things we have done? (laughs) So amongst all of the things, oh, it can feel a bit grueling. And even the most tigger of us can think after a while, actually, what is the point of doing all of this? Because nothing seems to be getting better. And just reminding yourself of, well, actually in a parallel universe, could you flip that question and ask, um, what are we then achieving? So I think a couple of bits of language can be useful just to prepare in your own mind if you feel like there's a lot of doom and gloom conversations around you and it's impacting your ability to be optimistic. Um, a star story, developing a bit of a star story in your mind. What have been a recent situation, a task we had to focus on, the actions that we took and the result? coming up with a couple of star stories. We've talked about it before, but it's such an efficient way to just capture what might be a fleeting example of success, but being able to capture it and then advertise it and talk about it. And the and the benefit of having a couple of star stories is number one, well, that's a bit of a happier commute rather than thinking all the things you haven't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> Using that time to go, actually, what have we done? Yeah. And then let's just start off a team meeting, reflecting on what have we achieved? So we know loads of common takeaway themes at the moment when we talk about this, Debs, is I'm going to make sure I start my team meetings, asking everyone to bring an example of what they have done, what they're pleased with that working week. Because the impact that bit of communication has is you never know the onward effects that might have on someone's working day. So a bit of research that always stuck out for me, Debs, and I know you and I have sort of talked about this quite a bit, but it's where um, they looked at what impact does watching certain programs have on your driving behavior. So imagine you've got one half of the group who watch lots of pictures and read lots of articles about lottery winnings and, um, you know, a hole in one on the golf course, all these really luck based things reading. And then other people had to read stuff about incidents and accidents and risks and all these things that have kind of gone wrong. And what they then looked at is there was a significant difference in the speed in which people drove around that circuit after because we are really influenced by the information we've received just before we go and do a task. So um, let's say you've got a team meeting or a one-to-one with someone. What we talk about at that morning meeting does have an influence over how you feel about your day ahead and it might impact your risk-taking or it might sort of think, oh, I won't phone them, I'll just send them an email because you're feeling a little bit kind of eeyore in your mind. So I think there's a couple of things. Have a couple of star stories tucked up your sleeve that reminds you of all the things you have done and you can savour it with others as well. And the benefit of that is, is it just reminds everyone that as amongst all the doom and gloom, there are some things that we are able to, to do as well. And that can then have an upward uplift on other people's mood around you as well. Yeah, I'd really, I really love that law. I love the star stories anyway, because they make you shine and sparkle, right? But I think actually what it does, I suppose, if you're looking for the opportunities within that, and if there is some negative events going on, um, you know, they sort of just roll away a lot easier, right? Because the events of what you have done in the past and what you have achieved and what you have got over and all of that thing, affirm your belief in yourself. So therefore, you know, you, you do know that you have the ability to make good things happen. Um, and you do know that there is some goodness in life because of your past experiences. And if that's why we always say, you know, keep a smile file, 
you know, of all the things that you hear or the things that you get sent because somebody recognizes what you have done for them. It's just holding on to those so that, you know, when you're maybe on a feeling on a bit of a your day, you can actually just pull out your smile file and just remind yourself, as you said, of what you have done and what you can do. Um, and I love the fact that the more, um, I suppose the more we can become more mindful of this and catch our moods, as we say, because they creep up on us before we've even realized they've smacked us in the face. And, and suddenly we're wondering why we're sitting there eating like 12 packets of crisps or something. But it's that be mindful of what's around you and how am I feeling? So connecting with the feeling, where is it sitting? Is that a good feeling? Do I feel a bit this? So questioning yourself. And I know we can't always do that, Law. I do get that. But the more mindful we become about how what how our bodies are reacting in that moment, what language are we using? What are we, you know, what are, who are we surrounding ourselves with as well, I think, can have a massive impact on whether we see the world through optimism or pessimistic lens. So I think, yeah, I think that's really, really important. And writing down how you really feel positive emotions and yeah, create your own smile file. And for any skeptics out there, there is a bucket load of research that looks at the physical changes that happen when there is either a belief that this is going to work for me, the placebo effect, or is going to harm me, the nocebo effect. So for any skeptics thinking, oh yeah, all right, well, I'll think about my mindset when I've got time to. Actually, (laughs) there's a load of research that shows there is a real clear mind and body link between if I think this sugar pill that contains no dynamic active ingredient is going to take my headache away, miraculously, I feel better. If I think this piece of food is a bit gone off and tastes funny, guess what? You will start to feel a little bit queasy after. The power of the mind over body, so the placebo and the nocebo effect, whether I'm optimistic or pessimistic about how this quarterly conference is going to go, is going to impact right from the start about whether I have, yeah, right, a kind of a a doom and gloom perspective when I listen to that, 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 that first um, session or whether I, you know, whether it kind of uplifts me. So there's such an interesting link, I think, between that mind and body. And yeah. what that might mean from our everyday interactions is, did did this did this challenging day at work, do I still feel fired up or do I feel just a bit like a damp squib, you know, where I'm feeling a bit ground down? And that's where I think there's such a link, as you were saying about between an optimistic mindset and well-being. Actually, I have a, uh, you know, good self-image, high self-worth, I deserve to have a good life and I deserve the world to be able to give me some good things to look forward to. And all that thing has a bit of a knock-on effect, which then means someone might go, oh, I am going to go for that promotion. Yeah. And then it starts a chain of events. And that that background thinking can then mean someone can either go, oh, no, I won't do it. I'll, you know, People like me don't do things like that. And it's just such a shame, Debs, when you have these brilliant people who just the nerve to push forward they yeah. need more optimism bias yes because <laughs> there's plenty do. of people out there who aren't particularly good that yeah. have got a very optimistic yeah. view of her skills <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's very true is that being driven by ego rather than the, a, a grateful mind I don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't but I think that linking it back into our well-being um you know researchers have shown that you know the more we practice looking are proactive in looking for what the good could be or what's the opportunity or what's my choice in this matter um it does help with our managing of our stress levels as well and our tolerance levels and doing something for us that's going to help us 
um, because we're worth it, as you said. So why would we not? But I suppose it's the awareness bit, isn't it? So the more we understand ourselves, the better we are at hopefully looking after ourselves. So, and we know we can. And I think that's the bit I always look for, you know, there is an opportunity in everything. And as I said earlier, you just have to maybe hunt for it a little bit more. But I suppose that links me into my call to action from from today, because as we know, Law, right, it's just a nice chat unless there's some action. I think, look, my action would be look for the opportunity. If it feels tough at this moment, take a breath, sit back and just go, but what else is there? What could be there? Let me have a look at what is the good within this. And you will find it. It might be something. It might be somebody. It might be your environment. It might be the animals you surround yourself with. There might be just that little glimmer of hope. That opportunity is glimmering there and you just need to light it up and fire it up and go. Oh, I love it, Debs. If the humans keep letting you down, get a get a cat or a dog. Get a cat. <laughs> yeah. They're always optimistic, right? Yeah. Um, Just as an interject, because I think it's nice to have, uh, you know, it's nice to have three things to focus on, Deb. Oh, yeah, I forgot the three. You know, I'm obsessing about the three things. Um, But uh, I was delighted when I stumbled across Martin Seligman, who is uh, the father of, uh, the founding father of positive psychology movement. Yeah. Um, But he's got something that he calls the three Ps. And this is just something to watch out for which can um, help um, take us away from an optimistic mindset because it can just seep in and really kind of sit there. So the three Ps, the things to watch out for is um, to not overly personalise the stuff that happens. Sometimes good things happen, bad things happen to really great people. And that's just the way it is. So to not take it overly personally, because it can then bring on feelings of guilt and shame and all that kind of stuff. So to not overly personalise. To view it as not all pervasive. So just because one thing has happened, for example, in one aspect of your work life, it doesn't mean your whole life is ruined as a result of that. So that to, to not make it feel like it's all pervasive, to compartmentalize it a little bit can just help sort of steady. And um, to view it not as permanence. So it's not a permanent state. This too shall pass. And actually some things that can cause you sleepless nights now actually might just be one of those rich stories you know at some point in the future so i think those three p's could be really useful as a way to help someone else who may be feeling a little bit down at heart so my share the secret would be find someone uh, a colleague you haven't caught up with for a while that makes you smile and if you do happen to have a chance conversation with someone that is feeling a little bit eeyore then three questions that could just help so what have what has gone well this week um, uh, what what could be something that could help move things forward? And if there's one thing that you think um, could be um, uh, something you could learn from this experience, what might that be? And then that just keeps us always kind of moving forward because how we feel today is is not necessarily how we're going to feel tomorrow. And that optimism bias, Debs, you know that 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 it saddens me that there are people out there in the dawn of their careers who aren't feeling that same buzz and that optimism than maybe previous generations have. Um, because, uh, you know, you, you need you need energy for, for the ups and downs that happens in your work life. So I think there's an opportunity for people in different generations maybe to role model 
what does an optimistic bias look like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are some of those positive focus questions? Because what life to- shows you, I think the older you get is there'll always be stuff. There'll always be setbacks. In 1923, Debs, uh, there on. was an article about how in 2023, this man who was uh, key in the invention of electricity, he he believed that in 2023 we'd have spotless cities and we'd all be working four day weeks. <laughs> weeks well four that's true yeah. yeah four hours a day four days oh, a week four even, hours even a day, more dramatic <gasps> even more dramatic than that yes yeah, such oh my was God. the belief that electricity was completely going to revolutionize the workplace <laughs> yeah cut to 2023 yeah. everyone's sitting there working on their phones yeah. in bed <laughs> yeah exactly wait for the ai and the robots to take over no exactly. it's not gonna happen we still no. need humans right we still need humans absolutely who cool. uh, who have got an optimism that you know we, we we everything we do can make things better so yes Debs, thank you so much T- and time you, to just pause each week and have a think about some of these soft skills that enable us to deal with the hard things I think can be a real game changer so I I know there are a lot of people who are using our podcast episodes now as part of their continuing professional development so you're not alone these are some key themes and in the first one this month um, uh, this is the first in our confidence and self-belief focus and really looking forward to picking up with a couple of other topics later definitely me too I've loved it thanks Law I feel really uplifted so I appreciate you today thank you Keep bouncing, Tigger. I will. <laughs> Boing. And if the humans keep dragging you down, by a donkey. Hey, just as a reminder. <laughs> love that. Thanks, oh, Law. Have, have a brilliant week, Deb. You love too, you. lovely. Love you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.